freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We got a great theme today. Cheryl, can you guess what our theme is today? Gee, let me think. Well, tomorrow is Sunday. It's Father's Day. And I'm going to milk every second of it. <laughs> it's so so we got a great show. Um, our, our our first hour, we have Charles Van. <laughs> That's okay. That it, it looks like Charles Van Wick, but he's in South Africa and he's just waiting on the line for us. So I'm excited to get to to his segment. But it's Charles Van Wick. Now, the minute I say that, when he comes on the line, I've probably said it wrong. But for right now, <laughs> let's say that it's Charles Van Wick, and he is because it's Father's Day show. He's a dad, so all of our guests are dads, uh, and he's an African missionary and the survivor of the 1990. Terrorist attack on a church. It's the St. James Massacre, and he's also the author of Shooting Back The Right and Duty of Self Defense. We also have Jerry Ace Luciano. He's a father and author of Guns the Right Way, introducing kids to firearm safety and shooting. Then we have a second hour. How about that? We always have a second hour. We have John Rosado. He's a dad and host of radio show on KKNT, The Patriot. Proclaiming Liberty. Now, that's the station we came from. So he's from our old stomping grounds just a mile or so up the road. So it's kind of exciting to have him on. Speaking of of old stomping grounds, I mean, we've got (laughs) Ron Cook and Dave Cook. And Ron is uh, your dad. dad. Yes. I think I know him. Bringing on my dad and one of my brothers. What do I have? I have have four of them. You can't keep track of them. I know. And and Dave Cook. And then... um, to end the show, we're going to have John Correa. He's a dad and pastor and owner of Active Self-Protection. So how about that? You know, we have two. We're going to start the show and end the show with a Christian pastor, Christian missionary, and they also wear the hat of a gun owner and pro-self-defense. So I think that this is going to be a very interesting show. You know, I, I would like to let everyone know this is a pre-recorded show. We had to pre-record a couple of weeks ahead of time. So if any news comes through that we didn't cover, please forgive us for that. But we're going to be out of town the weekend of Father's Day. So we had to pre-record. Speaking of Father's Day, I want to milk every second of that. And I decided that at 12.01 the morning of Father's Day, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get all my guns out and I'm going to lay them out on the garage and I'm going to have Cheryl clean them all for me for Father's Day. How about that? <laughs> so there, the dishwasher's involved in that, I think, right? There, there ain't no dishwashing no? in the guns, okay, No? Okay, then the, the there's a thing that we wash laundry in. We're going to use your toothbrush. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you better be careful because I'm probably going to make you breakfast for Father's Day. And, and you, you know, 
You you're not going to have time to make your breakfast. I'm going to go to the <laughs> restaurant and eat while you're cleaning my guns. Oh, my goodness. You're going to be obnoxious about this, I can tell. Yeah. Well, okay, we've got that out of the way. And let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the... Well, you know, it's, again, we are recording this three weeks early. So, you know, tons of stuff can happen between now and and the day that it actually airs. But right now it's a Tuesday morning, May 31st, as we're recording this. And um, some things have happened that we hadn't had time to even talk about and touch on. One of them is that um, one of our our sheriffs, our Pinal County Sheriff, uh, Paul Babo had made an announcement recently about how unsafe it is to enjoy areas of our southwest desert and what because of rattlesnakes no not because of rattlesnakes Bears? Um, well maybe still too yeah the wildlife but apparently there's some cartel some some drug cartel activity um going on and and from what i understand uh, the the drug cartels are sending out like trained assassins. I mean, it just all sounds so um, you know like nefarious and stuff. But they're sending out these assassins because they're trying to make sure that they're they're clearing out their competition. But in the meantime, there's campers out there. So do we have to have a tag from the Game and Fish Department to do that? <laughs> to do what? Dan? To hunt them? The cartel? <laughs> you say cartel? What species is that? Well, yeah. I know. It, we want to make light of it, but it's it's very scary stuff. And what concerns me is that this is something that a, a sheriff is telling us. This isn't, you know, some, some uh, you know, tinfoil hat guy out there saying the sky is falling. This is, you know, a, bear, a reasonable, intelligent uh, person telling us that there's true danger out there. And then at the same time, there's all these voices saying, you know, we've got to make gun laws tougher and and guns in the hands of average citizens is not a safe thing because, you know, they're not going to be trained well enough and that sort of thing. And I, I think that they just, those two messages, they don't even have an intersection point for me. So we have a sign on the highway and it reads, travel caution. Smuggling and illegal immigration may be encountered in this area. Do not travel alone. Avoid encounters with suspicious groups. Avoid traveling at night and dial 911 to report illegal activity in the middle of the desert. In the middle of the desert. I just think that it's, it were, it's a sad situation. I don't know what the fix is, but I definitely don't want somebody telling me or you or anyone I know and love that they can't have free and unfettered access to owning firearms and properly training for firearms. If you are a law-abiding American citizen, I, I think that now is not the time to be um, putting any roadblocks between us, our, the law-abiding American citizens, and our ability to f- to fully exercise our Second Amendment rights. Well, over by uh, Wiki, Wiki Up, there's a big Sandy shoot. They shoot machine guns twice a year. Uh, it's a real big event. They have thousands of machine guns out there, and they're blowing the mountain away. How come we haven't been to this? It, it's awesome, and we're going to the next one. But anyway, oh this goodness. is Big Sandy. Putting but it what my phone I was thinking, right now. Want to kill two birds with one stone? Move that <laughs> over to where this sign is and let's do a machine gun shooting over there 
And you might you know, have something. All there, the noise Dan. and the ruckus might keep the the bad guys cartel away. from from the area. I mean, it's it's a thought. I mean, I wouldn't mind to want to go shooting over there. I mean, I don't know. We've got a we met a guest, a future guest that's coming up. Um, his name is Chuck Holton, and he uh, has his own show on the NRA News web channel. It's called Frontlines. And so we met him in Kentucky when we went to the uh, NRA meetings. And he does a lot of work filming his show down along the, the U.S. and Mexico border. And um, he was telling us some stuff that it's not tinfoil hat stuff. It's real stuff. It's like what the Pinal County Sheriff was talking about. And, um, and the scary thing is these people that are coming across are not the Mexican citizens that they think they are. These are people coming from way further away than mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. These so are people that are being thrown out of the Mexico, out of Mexico to come here. Yeah. So, so it's it's a scary time, honestly. And I don't know how alarmist we need to be. I just think we need to be aware and we need to be prepared. But what I was going to say is I don't know if I've heard of stories of, you know, well, a family just goes camping and then they end up, you know, running into the wrong element out there. Um, but I'm not sure that we're going to hear those stories if they happen, because, you know, just like part of our show, we try to bring to the air the stories you're not going to hear on CNN and you're not going to hear on Fox. We call it the Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, where, you know, it's the good guy with the gun stops the bad guy with the gun stories. And we know how many real news stories never make it to the mass airwaves. So maybe these aren't making it there um, too. But anyway, I, again, I, I tread that line of, you know, don't, you know, I'm not being an alarmist. I just, I just want us to be aware. Right. And if we want to be alarmist today, how about the deal in Hawaii? You know, uh, they're going to put uh, gun owners on a federal database now. How yeah, I, I, well, of course, I don't like it. And it's, uh, it's, I believe it's going against the Constitution, but I haven't actually read enough about it to, to make a lot of serious comments. Um, do, you, do you know much about it? Or should I bone up on that? And we'll, we'll talk about it another show. We need to talk about another show. That's something that you know, we have, we have to put some interest in because it's important. If they do it, then other states will follow. Mm-hmm. And so uh, everyone needs to be aware of that. And let I, their congressman know. And yeah, what you just said is so important because you know we're here in Arizona but of course we broadcast all across the nation and even beyond the borders of of the United States because we're on star worldwide networks and uh, you know we belong to like the AZCDL that's the Arizona Citizens Defense League but we also can belong to georgiacarry.org Okay, they're a no compromise group similar to the AZCDL, but they're in Georgia. Now, why would I do that? Or why would I do uh, join Louisiana Carry in Louisiana? We would do that and encourage others to do that because whatever bad laws happen in other states can affect and will affect and do affect the neighboring states and, and states across America. And if they're writing good laws, same thing. So, you know, don't just think too locally when you're thinking about protecting your gun rights. Now, what about all that help that New Jersey's done? To, yes, uh, they've done an amazing job fighting back against the arbitrary 
uh, doling out of their their gun registration cards and that sort of thing. But all right, well, we've got to wrap up because we have got, like we said, a ton of great guests. And when we come back from our break, we are going to be on Skype, I think it is, with Charles Funvague out of South Africa talking to us about our right and our duty to self-defense. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are so excited about our Father's Day show. This is our Father's Day show, and we are going to be talking with dads of various sorts. And the first one that we're bringing to the air is an African missionary and survivor of the 1993 terrorist attack on St. James Church in South Africa. He's the author of Shooting Back, The Right and Duty actual duty of self-defense. That's an interesting perspective coming from a, a Christian and a missionary. Uh, Charles, are you with us? I'm with you, Cheryl. Thank you very much for having me. We are very excited, and I'm hoping that our technology is going to hold out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. Uh, um, and uh, uh, tell me if I'm saying your name right. Is it Charles Funvake? 
That's right. That's fantastic. Oh, I did good. Well, you know what? I heard one of your your previous interviews, uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> okay. I made notes so that I wouldn't butcher your name. But um, it's okay, I, Cheryl. I I got to butcher it at the start of the show, <laughs> uh, so oh, okay. uh, I'm sorry about that. But uh, I didn't no get I didn't get to hear you. So <laughs> this but, is uh, yeah. my my husband Dan on the line here, and um, we. We're so interested in your story because a lot of people feel like, well, it's, you know, it's not Christian to think about protecting yourself. And and it's, you know, it's not Christian to to be, you know, be a gun owner, really. And you've kind of crossed both of those lines. And I, I know you have very good reason which takes me to the night of the event that I talked about. And I, I, I thought maybe you could kind of walk us through that and, and talk us through some of your thought processes with all of that. Sure, Cheryl and Dan. Uh, it was the night of the 25th of July, 1993, while we were sitting in a church service in Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, there were about 1,000 people inside the church, and all of a sudden there was a noise at the front door of the church and uh, some young people were singing on the stage and uh, I got quite irritated when I heard the, the, the shuffling at the front door of the church um, and then terrorists stepped in and they had uh, assault rifles, automatic rifles with them and also hand grenades and they came in at the front door and they opened up fire with their automatic rifles into the congregation and they lobbed hand grenades into the congregation too and so it was uh, obviously a, uh, just a terrible experience. But interestingly enough, there was uh, one young man whose name is Richard O'Kill. He was 17 years old. He had two little girls sitting next to him. And him and one of them went down onto the floor. And Bonnie, his other little friend, she sat up uh, dead shocked. She couldn't move, watching what was going on. And as Richard knelt up uh, to pull her down onto the ground, he got a bullet in the back of the head trying to uh, protect his young friend. Mm. Uh, there's also, also another young man, Gerard Harker, who's 21 years old. He had a hand grenade land on the floor next to him, and he fell on top of the grenade and protected many people around him. Obviously, when it exploded, he was killed, and his young brother next to him. Mm. But, but many other people were saved by, by his uh, heroic act. Um, I was sitting about fourth row from the back of the church. I had a little snub-nosed revolver, two-inch barrel with me uh, in an ankle holster. And the church is uh, a big church, could seat about one and a half thousand people. And it's built very much like a cinema. So it's high at the back and, and very low in the front by stage. And uh, being fourth row from the back, I went down on the ground. Everybody went as low as they possibly could. And I pulled out uh, my little revolver and I returned uh, two shots at the attackers. I then realized that I was far too far away from them. Uh, little uh, two-inch barrel revolvers for very close range um, self-defense. And so I ran out the back door of the church after having taken the two shots. And the idea was to come in behind the attackers uh, from outside where they had come into the church and then shoot them in the back at close range to stop uh, mm -hmm. further more people being killed. And as I came running around the corner outside, they were already at the getaway car. And what I didn't realize at the time was that I'd actually hit one of them inside the church with one of my rounds, and so they had fled. So I shot another two shots at them outside, and they, they jumped in the car and they ran away, they drove away. Mm. So just with your little revolver, 
you were able to stop several people with machine guns and grenades from causing more damage. Yes, I saw three people inside the church and they all had uh, grenades and, and rifles with them. And I think it's more by God's grace than anything else <laughs> well, <laughs> under those circumstances. It's awesome to think that, you know, just one guy, one gun can prevent or stop, you know, further damage. And thank God for that. Yeah, you know, they did manage to, to kill 11 people and over 50 were injured um, that evening too. But uh, they even at the uh, later on at a Truth and Reconciliation meeting um, in Cape Town said that they actually left because somebody was returning fire and one of their, their men had been hit. So uh, by God's grace, that is the reason they, they left. They were hoping to actually kill every single person in the congregation that evening. Well, in America... They think that people that carry guns could only cause more damage, and that's why I look at that and say, see, there's a case that one handgun actually saved more damage. So Hundreds, hundreds of lives. I mean, it's reasonable to say that, isn't it, Cheryl? Well, the, the police um, gave me a certificate afterwards saying that many uh, lives had been saved uh, through me returning fire. So um, th th they thought that was uh, what had happened. But, but on the issue that Ta Dan brought up about, um, you know, people that have guns cause more trouble with them, you've you got to ask yourself the question, how many mass murders take place in police stations or in shooting ranges or in gun shops where there are loads of guns around? Right. That's not where you find mass murders taking place. You find them happening in gun-free zones, and we see that so often in Africa. Do you have a lot of gun-free zones there, too? Yes, we do. In fact, we have whole countries that are gun-free zones uh, in Africa. Uh, one of them being the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which isn't democratic or republic, but uh, <laughs> I, I work as a missionary. It, it's probably and, not gun-free uh, either. <laughs> that's right, exactly. That's the whole country is a gun-free zone, and I work there as a missionary. And some of my um, the colleagues that I work with there, their their colleagues and friends have been uh, as pastors have been buried alive by rebel soldiers, and and I said to them, how can this happen? when you have a congregation uh, that's armed. And they said, no, 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 we've been, we've been completely um, disarmed. We're, we're a gun-free zone, so none of the congregation uh, can have guns. And so it's only in places like that where you can have uh, mass murders taking place because nobody can defend themselves. So the rebel soldiers and the government soldiers can do whatever they want to the population. And so the people there, because they're disarmed, they live like slaves. They can be treated any which way, and they can do nothing about it. Right. How how long did it take, Charles, for the police to get there once it, once somebody called? Um, it happened very quickly. Um, I don't remember the timing, but uh, straight after me sh shooting my last three rounds, I went over to a neighbor um, and hit on their door uh, right opposite the road from the church and, and shouted for them to call the police. And the police were there within minutes. In fact, one of the police stations was... Um, probably about half a mile down the road okay but the the fact is that if if you wouldn't have fired at them and they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have run away then they could have done so much more damage in those minutes yes i, d I did reach out with um to many of these uh terrorists um, from this organization uh, that did the attacking and one of their leaders said to me he said i knew about the st james massacre which is the name given to um, this church massacre he said, I knew all about it before it took place, and my greatest desire was that there wouldn't be a living soul afterwards. Oh, 
Oh, my stars. Well, that shows you right there that it, it, you, I, I keep hearing you say, by the grace of God. And the interview I listened to uh, previously, uh, when um, I got your name right, <laughs> um, you kept saying, by the grace of God, by the grace of God. And, you know, I do believe that. But I also believe that, you know, God gives us uh, tools in our world, you know, gives us the ability to use those tools. And um, and, and I, I can tell that, that you believe that as well, because you came to church with a gun. That's right. But, you know, the, the circumstances that I was under, if you had to tell any reasonable person that, uh, you know, one man with a firearm took on uh, three um, soldiers or, or pseudo-soldiers who had automatic assault rifles and hand grenades, that they, they'd think the guy's mental, you know, so they'd be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> so, it really was God's grace that uh, made them run away. I'll not disagree with you there. But what, what do <laughs> sure, you I understand, Cheryl. Yeah, what do you say to... Um, well-meaning Christians who believe in in a passive way rather than your the, the title of your book is you know we have a duty to self-defense rather than this passivity what how how do you marry those two things together being a Christian and and understanding that you have a duty to self-defense well, it depends. You know, if I'm speaking on the air, I'll be very civil. But if I to meet them alone, I'll say, what are you thinking? Are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need a little more of that in the world. So. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the scriptures are so clear, uh, Cheryl, on these issues. You know, First Timothy 5 verse 8 says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, is denied the faith, is worse than an unbeliever. Um, and so uh, that's, that's speaking to us men very directly. And obviously... Um, when we're dealing with uh, provision, we're also talking about the, the provision of security for the family. Um, the Bible tells us in Exodus 22, if a thief is caught breaking in and he's struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. And I think a lot of people make mistakes in their definitions. Like so many people say to me, Shard, you used violence to fight violence. But violence is the uh, is the immoral use of force. The force I used was moral, legitimate self-defense. My, my protection of innocent life was not violence. The violence came from the terrorists. And so we need to get these definitions right. Other people will uh, mix up murder and killing. Mm -hmm. um, we, are, we as Christians are not allowed to murder, which is the taking of an innocent life. So if the terrorists attacked innocent people in the church, they were murdering people. If I shot one of the terrorists, I would have killed one of them. I wouldn't have murdered them. <laughs> so we've got to get our, our definitions right. But um, Proverbs 25 verse 26 says, Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. Mm. And we, we're not called to be doormats um, as Christians. We must stand up for righteousness and truth. And we, we need to uh, protect um, that those whom God has entrusted to us. And oh. then we also have Luke 22, where Jesus tells his disciples, uh, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. And he's telling his disciples to buy the finest military weapon of their time. And so the, there's so many scriptures. One can go on and on about um, the, men, the man's responsibility and him being prepared to even uh, to die for his wife. He must love her like Christ loved the church. Absolutely. And, and this... Hey. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many. You'll keep you going for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. We need to run for a quick commercial break, but we're going to hold you over. Will you stick around? 
I'll hang on. All right. Come back with more with Charles Van Fake. Fan Fake. <laughs> See, I messed it up. <laughs> right after this. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. This is our Father's Day special show, and we have a, our special guest is Charles Funvake. He's an African missionary, and he survived the 1993 terrorist attack on St. James Church. Um, are you still with us, Cheryl? Yes, I am, Dan. You know, you were talking about that if you use, uh, you know, if, you, if you're protecting somebody, that it's not violent, and uh, I agree with you. You know, in the United States, they call firearms weapons. And I don't really call any of my firearms weapons because I'm not using them as a weapon. I, they're tools and they're firearms. And it, it offends me when people say, did you bring your weapon today? <laughs> you know, so it's kind of the same thing. I, I, I think that if we're using a firearm for the good, that it's not really a weapon. Yeah, it's, what you're saying is that the, the bad guys are using the weapons then. Right, right. Yes, and, and you're using a tool to protect yourselves against their, their evil deeds. Right, so I don't have, we have 1,200 guns in our mm -hmm. store, and I, I don't have any weapons in our store. So. <laughs> and, <laughs> and terminology is important. You know, before it the is. break, we were talking about the difference between uh, murder and, and, ki and having to kill somebody to stop yes. them from murdering. Um, That's right. And you were doing a great job of showing us scriptural support for the fact that we are called to defend ourselves, biblically speaking, and that we have a duty to self-defense, which is what your book is about, shooting back the right and duty of, of self-defense. Um, how long ago did you write that book? 
Oh, I think it's over 10 years ago already, uh, Cheryl, so it's a little while back. And uh, the book is available if uh, anybody visits my website, um, missionaryinafrica.com. They'll find links from there to be able to buy the book. It's been published by WND Books. Uh, it used to be called WorldNet Daily, WND Books. Um, and the book Shooting Back the Right and Duty of Self-Defense. And uh, the reason I actually originally wrote it was to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to gun owners. And then the secondary issue was for Christians to have a good theological and philosophical uh, backup uh, for uh, their duty of self-defense, which many people seem to be struggling with. And, and I had struggled with it for many years uh, before the St. James Massacre had taken place. Well, you know, it, you are an interesting study because you are a Christian, you're, you're a missionary, you're so giving of yourself and giving of your life, and yet you believe in this duty to self-defense, and so then people want to put you in this other category. Oh, wait, he's Christian, so he gives, but oh, wait, he defended himself, so he's in this other category. And, and lest people want to keep you in that category, like, well, you're just a violent person, and you just used violence like the bad guys, so you're no better— I believe you went and actually visited these bad guys, or at least one of these bad guys, in jail after the event. Am I right about that? Yes, that's right, Cheryl. I visited Kaya Makoma, who's one of the attackers. Uh, actually, the chap that I that I hit with one of my rounds and drew blood, it, I, I wounded him on his hand, so it wasn't a, a fatal wound. And because of the blood uh, from his hand getting onto the car seats, the police through forensics were managed to trace him and, and arrest him. And I had to appear in court against him too. But after the court case, uh, I went to visit him in jail and I was taken in by the commander of these troops that attacked our church. His name is Letlapen Bechlele. And so uh, off I went to prison and I was introduced to, to Kaya Makoma. And then many times after that, I went to visit him in jail, and we, we spoke about, um, I gave him a Bible, and he was reading it, and we were talking about various issues that were coming up from that, uh, his reading uh, of the scriptures. And then I also ran a, a beekeeping course later for, the, for others that were um, not particularly in the St. James Massacre involved with that, but they were also part of the Azanian People's Liberation Army, APLA, the group that did the attacking. And so I reached out, I reached out to these people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we did some uh, TV shows and things together to, here in South Africa uh, to teach reconciliation. So that, that's a beautiful kind of coming full circle. But then I, I believe you were asked to maybe uh, testify on behalf of how, how much he had turned his leaf and, you know, he had come to a better place. Uh, didn't his brother ask you to kind of speak on his behalf at some point? Yes. Um, his sister, um, uh, Kaya's sister, actually phoned me. And it was during the time of uh, a government um, institution called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And the idea of the commission was that if you were involved with political unrest or attacks or violence in the name of uh, fighting for this just cause in South Africa. If you came clear and told your story, then you could get amnesty and you wouldn't have to go to jail or be prosecuted uh, for what you did in the name of politics. And so his sister wanted to phone me and asked if I would testify on his behalf uh, to help him get off um, the, the crime uh, that he was involved in. And, and I said to her, you know, I've, I've forgiven this guy completely, your brother, 
But uh, I don't believe that the civil authorities um, are, uh, or that they don't have uh, a biblical jurisdiction to be able to forgive people. In other words, we as the church, we are the ministers of grace. We teach forgiveness and we forgive people. We teach people about God's forgiveness, and we personally also have to forgive them. But the civil authorities are the ministers of justice, and so they have to meet our justice, and that's not what was happening in South Africa. They were giving uh, people freedom who had murdered many, many people. And so I needed to take a stand on that as a, as a Christian. But I also had really went through a tough time of hating these people before I got to the stage of forgiveness, and that, that's another long story. But it wasn't just an easy forgiveness. I really struggled uh, with the idea. And it took me a long time to work through these issues, and I had to really look at the idea of God forgiving me, as wicked as I was, and Him saying that we have to forgive others, just like He's forgiven us. And so it was a long, hard uh, slog for me to work through this. I can only imagine, um, but I think that, that that work, you know, and the mental work that you put into reading the scriptures and understanding the scriptures and how they should be applied. Um, it, it's just, it's rare in today's world. Everybody wants a quick fix and, um, you know, to kind of abdicate the the decisions for those sorts of things to other people. And for you to be able to, to kind of walk through and say, okay, I as a human being, as a, as a creation of God, I am called to forgive. But but the organization of the government, which is made up of people, but it has a different role to serve. I think we've got a little bit of that mixed up here in America right now. So I, I think what you said there is very important. Well, that, that's good to hear. But as I said, it was a long, hard um, uh, ideas that I had to struggle with. And especially when I was invited to speak at the commander of the troops that attacked uh, our church, I was asked to come speak at a ceremony in his hometown. And it was quite interesting, the conversation, because he said, uh, you know, I'd like you to come along and I want you to come uh, to the ceremony that's happening, my homecoming ceremony. I'd love you to come up to, for it. And I said, don't be crazy. There's no ways I'm going to come to your ceremony. And he said, why not? I said, because I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and he's an atheist. And he said to me, but you're a Christian missionary. You've got a big God that will look after you. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so I thought this was really interesting that the, the, um, the atheist is telling the Christian missionary that he's got a big God that will look after him. Anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, I, I went up there. And, and this was a big issue for me because I knew the press would be there. And the idea of Charles van Vey coming to say that he's forgiven these people, we need to, have to keep that line very clearly that although I've personally forgiven them, I don't believe that the, the civil authorities uh, are allowed to forgive people, that justice needs to be meted out uh, upon the wicked. And, and so that, that was a real struggle for me too. Mm. I can, I just can't even imagine, but I'm so encouraged that you, you didn't just hold these things inside and, and let other people, the news stories tell your, your story. You, you've really worked through it. You've incorporated it into your, your missionary work, into your message, and you've written this book that, you know, even though you said it was written about 10 years ago, the message is just as real and just as fresh for us today, maybe even more so with the as unstable as things seem around the globe, wouldn't you say? 
Yes, you know, things do seem to be uh, getting pretty unstable in many countries. You know, just to give you an idea, in South Africa, during the worst time of apartheid, uh, in a 10-year period leading up to apartheid being done away with, we had about 40,000 murders in South Africa um, in a 10-year period. Now we have 22,000 murders every year, and we're supposed to be at peace. There is no civil war. Mm. Um, and so the crime has just skyrocketed in our country. I think we're the second... Uh, most dangerous place on earth as far as murders go uh, right now. And so it's really frightening. We live behind big bars. Uh, we have security gates over all our doors and we have burglar bars over all our windows. We have uh, dogs, uh, good old American pit bull terrier. We, um, we have floodlights outside that go on if there's movement in our gardens. And, and this is the way we live. Um, I've been through a terrorist attack. I've been attacked in my vehicle, which also ended up in a shootout, an attempt at carjacking. Um, I've had bricks and rocks thrown at my car, smashing the vehicle. Um, we've been robbed in our homes. You know, one can carry on. My sister-in-law was attacked outside my, my front door. Um, and and these, this is the way we live in South Africa. And unless people uh, really take seriously this issue of firearm ownership and protecting uh, the innocent... Um, America will go the same way. Wow. I mean, I just want to I just want to resonate on that, you know, just kind of marinate in that for a minute, because that's exactly what I was thinking is that is if this is an example of the direction that some of our um, politicians want to take us in, I, I want to say like you did. What are you thinking? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, if you want to create a safe nation, then you must arm the population because um, countries where people are armed, the people are very civil. Um, and you look at countries that are really well armed, like Switzerland, people live in peace there. You come to South Africa, where very few people have firearms, and it's a long, rigorous um, thing you have to go through to be able to get a license, and it can take up to two years just to get the license, uh, because they're so slow and, and irresponsible in dealing with these issues in South Africa. Um, people just run wild, because they know nobody's armed, nothing's gonna, nobody's going to hold them back. And then what they've done in South Africa is they've criminalized the victims. If you right. protect yourself and you shoot somebody, then you become uh, the criminal. Mm. And if your firearm gets stolen from you, you become the criminal. Charges are laid against you, and you probably won't get another license for another for another gun again. Um, and so, I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. But that's what happens when we walk away from God's word. Um, and in our law, we also have this idea that when it comes to gun ownership, you are guilty unproven, until proven innocent in a court of law. So I mean, true. Hey, and I've got to I've got to run. I hate to to cut you off at all. We could just keep talking all day, but I'm up against a break. Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me on. And Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, well, stick around. We've got great guests coming up. Jerry Luciano coming up next on our Father's Day show to talk about his book, Guns the Right Way. I'm Rob Morse from the Self Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I am asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And today, of course, is our Father's Day show. Tomorrow is Father's Day, so I hope everybody's already bought their dad something awesome or planning to... um, What'd you get me, Like, I'm going to tell you. No, I, I'm not going to tell you. I was thinking about maybe a Puteau cannon. A potato 25 cannon. <laughs> 25 millimeter. Well, that's probably the only kind of cannon you don't have yet. But um, anyway, just you've got to wait. you got to wait. But I hope everybody's planning to do something special and amazing for their dads. Um, because, you know, this only comes around once a year. And, you know, maybe maybe your dad isn't the kind that you can buy a gift for. So, you know, make him a special meal or you know, something like that. But we love our dads. And the the gentleman we're about to bring on now is Jerry Luciano. And he is a dad himself, but he also has a passion for youth mentoring. And he has led directly to the introduction of thousands of new hunters and shooters to the sport. He's written a book that could actually almost be used as a manual for dadhood, for fatherhood. And it's about introducing kids to firearm safety and shooting. It's called Guns the Right Way. and might actually be an awesome gift for your dad. And uh, keep that in mind. So, Jerry, are you with us? I'm there. Can you hear me okay? I can. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. We're excited to talk to you. Well, I'm happy to be here, and please do me a favor. My wife and my mother call me Jerry. Everyone else that are my friends call me Ace. Ace. All right, then. Ace Luciano. Why wouldn't we call you that, right? Uh, <laughs> well, if people are looking for the author of the book, it does say Jerry Luciano. So just It does. That keep, is correct. Keep that both is. My publisher insists we use my legal name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, tell us about the book. Where, where did it come from? Where does your passion for this topic come from, and, and why did you write this book? Well, I suppose it begins because, how do I usually explain this? Um, a long time ago, the two people got together and fell, no, that's too far back. Um, <laughs> my father was a very, very serious hunter. As a matter of fact, he's in the hunting business. 
and guns were an everyday part of my life. I grew up not, there was no question as to whether or not you had guns, used guns, shot guns, because as far as I knew, that's just what people did. It right. was a normal thing. It was, a it was as normal as having knives and forks and spoons in a silverware drawer. That's how normal guns were in my house. Exactly. Me too. And when I got to be a certain age, I started to realize that that really wasn't the case. I mean, I would have friends come over and we'd go in the backyard and shoot my air rifle. And sometimes that created a bit of a, you know, a, an issue for my parents and, uh, you know, my friend's parents. Sometimes they had an issue. Sometimes they just had questions. But, you know, the, the older I got, the more I saw that that was the case. It turns out that while I thought everybody was like me, it turns out a lot of folks weren't, weren't. And I'm a dad. I have four kids. So my children were brought up as I was, with guns as a normal thing. As a matter of fact, all of my children had regular exposure to and knew what to do if they ever encountered a gun by age three. Mm-hmm. And people say you're crazy all the, I hear that all the time like you're I get called all kinds of names I get called irresponsible I said well wait a minute now you teach your kid not to touch the stove right right well yeah do you lock up your stove you know <laughs> you teach your kids not to put a lock on that kitchen door right well right you know you teach them not to take the knife out of the kitchen drawer and stick it in their sister's eyeball right <laughs> but do you lock up your kitchen drawer no right a gun is one of the most, it literally is one of the most dangerous things a child can come into contact with anywhere. Mm-hmm. And yet, because of a stigma, we can't talk about it. We can't introduce kids to it as if it's going to jump up off the table and hurt them just by them knowing what it is. Right, and don't you and, find that the more you don't talk about it, you know, the, the more urban we've become as a society, the more we don't talk about it, isn't that when the problems start? You know, absolutely. And it's funny you mention that, because in the beginning of my book is the story of my oldest son's best friend as a boy. His, his friend's name was Timmy. And Timmy's mom was very anti-gun. And she, I, I shouldn't say she was anti-gun, but she was anti-kid gun. She didn't think a kid belonged anywhere around a gun until they were 15 or 16 years old. And, you know, I don't want to give a spoiler in the book, but one of the things I did was that she came over, and my son had a bunch of friends over. And I took my twenty two rifle, a little Ruger 10-22, and set it on the living room table <laughs> with the action open and the magazine, an unloaded magazine, you know. You crazy rebel, you. Right, double, triple, quintuple check. There was no way that could hurt anybody unless they picked it up and clubbed each other over the head with it, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, now you just watch. Every kid went right by that gun and ignored it, except Tim. Mm. Every time Tim saw that gun, he would stop. A couple of times he looked around and even went over and touched it once, mm. right? Because he's curious. He wants to know. Because he's curious, right? And what, do, what are most children's first impression with a gun? If they don't come from a gun-owning and gun-using household, a child's first impression of a gun is from TV or the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good impression either. Or video games, mm-hmm. which can be one of the worst ways. It can also be a very good thing, but, mm-hmm. you know, these first-person shooter games where 
a kid's first introduction to a gun is using it to kill somebody in a video game. Probably not the best introduction, you know. But you've got to have and, the parental involvement to, to give it context, right? Right. And, you know, I, I have this issue in that I tend to be very straightforward and blunt. And I tend to make my opinion known whether some folks like it or not. <laughs> I, it, I couldn't tell and, that about you. <laughs> as you know, uh, I'm a regular attendee at the annual SHOT show. SHOT mm-hmm. is a shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show. Mm-hmm held every year in Las Vegas. It is the hunting and shooting industry show of the year. It's It's where we all go. The Mecca. Those of us that write and shoot, right. It's like, you know, the shoe show is for shoe people. That's what SHOT Show is for gun folks. So true. And we were sitting around after, actually, I believe it was the uh, Professional Outdoor Media Association breakfast. And I was was just on a rant and said, you know, they had just come out with another thing about kids and guns i'm like what is wrong with these people all we ever hear and it's not wrong to teach a kid to go you know to find a grown-up that's an ideal thing to do but no one teaches anybody how to properly introduce a kid to guns what if i don't want my kid to have the only impression that they have of a gun to be you know stop run away and talk to a grown-up what if i want my kid to want to go shooting with dad Mm -hmm. what if my kid says I want to go shooting with Johnny or Timmy or, mm-hmm. you know, Susie, right? Now, Nobody I know, wrote a book about that. and I know that you value the Eddie Eagle program, so we value that message, right? But you're just saying, oh, in ad- amazing. Yeah, in addition yeah, to, there are other things, and that's what you're talking right. about, right? And as a matter of fact, I think the Eddie the Eagle program should be mandatory curriculum in every school. I don't disagree I mean, with that, you. that's how much I support that program, because, like we said, we have policemen going and talk to kids about strangers. I we agree that we ought to talk to Jerry. I, I, I agree, Ace, that we ought to teach kids like the Eddie Eagle program, but we ought to go further with that. Teach them how to field strip it and have it ready to go <laughs> by the time they're four. I think know? Ace probably covers that in his book. Well, and you know, it's funny you mentioned that too because I do, and uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time: the last place any bad guy ever wants to be is in my house, because every one of my children know exactly how to use a gun, how to clean a gun, how to load a gun. They know where defensive weapons are located in my home, how to access them quickly. And in addition, three of my four children are black belt martial artists. Wow. Yeah. I'm not coming to your house unannounced. They're going to shoot them and then beat the crap out of them, right? Yeah, so, like, you you don't want to, you know, I tell bad guys, feel free if you, you know, feel like rolling the dice. You know, you may want to go to my house then if you, if you really feel the need to, to show some real risk because we're not victims at our house. We're so, warriors. Well, definitely warriors. So when you, uh, in the book, Guns the Right Way, uh, the subtitle is Introducing Kids to Firearm Safety and Shooting, um, there's, a, there's a big component to hunting in there, isn't there? Uh, there is. Because they came from hunting roots, you know, and I, I really uh, truthfully... As much as I am a shooter, I am much more a hunter. And I think that part of the problems, some of the problems we have in today's society are kids don't get to do the things that they got to do when I was a kid. And that is, at 10 or 12 years old, I could literally grab a shotgun and walk out my front door and hunt, or I could go fish, and I played with knives, and we, you know, we did all kinds of things, and I had all kinds of dangerous things, and nobody got hurt. 
Right. Not only did nobody get killed, nobody even got hurt. And I think part of the problem with today's society is, one, we, we keep our kids in these little bubbles, thinking we're going to keep them safe, instead of making them informed. And information is, is, and training is actually what makes people safe. That's so You know, unless true. you're in a jail cell alone, there's really no way to protect your kid except to keep them, you know, to have them trained, educated, and informed. Absolutely. So that was my goal with the book. I, I really wanted to, I want to say, okay, if I was, you know, Joe Average American and my eight-year-old came to me and said, hey, uh, the Luciano kids want me to come over and shoot guns. Where does that conversation go from there? And so I talked about, you know, introducing them to guns, and I said, you know, probably your kid will know somebody that hunts, and you should know the realities of hunting, not just the sensationally, you know, uh, reported things about hunting. There is much more to hunting than Cecil the Lion or <laughs> whoever the 17-year-old gorilla was that just got shot yesterday this past, you know, right. um, month, month in, yeah. in, you know, that they, a kid fell into the gorilla pit at the zoo and they had to shoot the gorilla. Right. Well, of course they did. It's a gorilla and a four-year-old child, right? That's true. That's that was hunting, a... And there's more to hunting than just killing. It's so true. You know? Hey, we got to wrap up already, and I hate to, but please tell people very quickly, how do they find this book? Well, uh, you can buy it through FW Media's website. You can certainly find it as all over Amazon if you just type in guns the right way. Or you can also check out my website, which is www.aceluciano.com. That's A-C-E-L-U-C-I-A-N-O.com. And I believe there is a very direct link right from your website. Well, fantastic. I And I have my very own autographed copy that I got from you in Kentucky when we got to meet each other. So I want to say happy Father's Day to you, and thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today, Ace. Oh, it's my pleasure, and remember, educated kids are safe kids. Amen to that. All right, well, stick around because we have coming up our second hour of Gun Freedom Radio. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. 
fun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. 